Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recap race analysis. Yes, I'm back. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Gregor himself, Ewan Wilson. And today we're looking at stage six of this year's Tour de France, a very intriguing mountain stage. And Ewan, what exactly happened on the stage? Well, where to begin? Another day in the mountains, another action-packed profile. Early on in the stage, we had a breakaway go away. Notable name here as Wout van Aert of Jumbo Visma. That breakaway got a pretty sizable gap, about four minutes at one point. Uh, they were really pushing on, especially in the descents. They had a couple of great descenders up there, including Mathieu van der Poel, who were really pushing on. Once we got to the Col de Tourmalet, though, I mean, the group really got filtered out. Wout van Aert, Nielsen Paulus, James Shaw, Tobias Johannesson, and Ruben Guerrero were the riders left in the fight for the stage win. Behind in the GC group for most of the stage, Bora were controlling things, trying to protect Jai Hindley and regulate things for uh, the new yellow jersey of the race. Yellow jersey not for long, however, as we'll discuss, as Jumbo Visma came to the front over the Tourmalade, a real sort of mountaintop lead out, trying to isolate Pogacar like they did to such avail last year in the Granon, then to Otakam. This time around, it was successful once again. Keldenemann and Kuss really sort of digging into this one. Hindley was following for a while, but the gap soon opened up, and before you know it, Vingegaard was attacking, and, and Pogacar was following, and the gap was two minutes to, to Jai Hindley behind. Vingegaard and Pogacar sort of wheel-to-wheel -wheel came over the top of the Tourmalet, bridged up to the breakaway, which included Wout van Aert, importantly. So that group worked together with Wout van Aert, Vingegaard, Pogacar, and the remnants at the breakaway through that valley and onto the final climb of the day in Coteray. Behind, well, that group with Jai Hindley sort of inflated as the GC riders all worked with each other trying to limit the gap behind uae were involved for a while but i think they sort of gave up they gave up the ghost whilst Ineos grenadiers pushed on for the interests of carlos rodriguez in the gc fight on the final climb to coteray wow did a stellar job keeping the pace high until we got to the hardest part of the climb there jonas Virgo attacked but pulgarchar followed at roughly sort of three kilometers to go once we had negotiated the toughest part of the climb pogacha then attacked and Virgo had no response pogacha soon got a gap open up it looked to be about 10 seconds but with Pogacar taking the stage, in reality, the gap was 20 or so seconds to Jonas Virgo. With the bonus seconds involved, Pogacar gains 28 seconds in the fight for the yellow jersey, reducing his GC deficit. Behind, third place in the stage goes to Tobias Johannesson of Uno X. Brilliant performance from him ahead of Ruben Guerrero and James Shaw, whilst Jai Hindley brought home the best of the rest GC favourites behind Viego and Pogacar, keeping that battle for third place alive. In the GC fight, Jonas Viego now takes the yellow jersey like he did last year, ahead of Tade Pogacar in second place, just 25 seconds back. Jai Hindley now falls down to third place at 1 minute and 34, with Simon Yates in fourth place at 3 minutes and 14, with Carlos Rodriguez behind him in fifth place for Inos Grenadiers at 3 minutes and and 30 seconds. Close behind Rodriguez sits Adam Yates at 3 minutes and 40 at 6 place. This has opened things up. Yesterday we were talking about the tour maybe being over, but Pogacar seemed to have an off day and he's taken a stage win and really thrown this Tour de France on its head. Yeah, you're an absolutely incredible stage, really. The Tour de France, yes, well, yesterday you were talking with yourself, but like we were talking on stream that this kind of threw the Tour de France upside down and 
well, not upside down. It looked like it was just continue from where it left off last year and Jonas Vingor would just absolutely annihilate this year's Tour de France, which we both didn't want because you know, it's going to be a long three weeks of just Jumbo Visma dominance. But yeah, a masterclass there by uh, Tad Bogaccia how to use the Jumbo Visma team. He's done, he did that in 2020 as well. And where do UAE kind of go from here now? Well, this was a huge sort of morale boost for them. Pogaccia, yes, they had an off day. In the interviews afterwards, he was saying, well... I lost a couple of weeks of training, so I'm not going to be good for a couple of weeks, which was alluding to the fact that he's going to break through in that final week of racing. UAE didn't do much work today. Yes, they were trying to chase back in that in the group for a while, but they weren't investing in this like like Jumbo Visma had. So UAE got a bit of an armchair rise. You would think on paper, Pogacar would not have been able to overcome Vingegaard given yesterday's context. We'll go and talk about that once we get to Vingegaard. But for Pogacar, this is a huge morale boost to say, you know what? Yesterday was just an off day. I am still here. I can still fight Jonas. Jonas was looking strong then, but I'm looking strong now. And I think he was very happy once he came over the line. UAE probably frustrated after yesterday, thinking, ah, well, we invested so much and got so little out of it. But today they invested so little and got so much reward with Pogaccia reducing the gap to under 30 seconds. This this is a huge sort of chapter in this Tour de France. It's definitely turned a corner. UAE now don't have to control the race. Vingo and Jumbo Visma will for the next couple of days. Yes, there are sprinting stages, but I think the initial sort of chaos of the sprints have died down and Jumbo Visma will have more of a sort of impetus to control those stages looking deeper into the race at Puy de Dome that could certainly suit Pogacar in a couple of days time he might be able to take some more time on Jonas there yeah the Tour de France is well and truly alive which is great and uh, I mean Jumbo Visma well there was a bit of frustration from us well from me mostly with uh, them kind of uh, chasing in the favorites group but also while they're not pacing at the front so is Jumbo Visma versus Jumbo Visma but Wat van Aert was placed perfectly when it needed to be. And uh, yeah, they'll be quite upset with this. Jonas Vingo taking the yellow jersey, but he'll be a bit less confident in that yellow jersey following what ha just happened with Tad Vigacha. So yeah, how do you see Jumbo Visma kind of getting rid of Tad Vigacha for the next few days? Like you said, Puy de Dom could be another victory for Tad Vigacha. I'll just begin with how Jumbo acted today with their tactics on, on the stage. Because to be honest, I mean... A lot of the time, guys, in, in the comment section, sort of rip into us and, and our Yumbo Visma hate. But today, I'll be there honest. There is no hate. <laughs> well, exactly. But, but <laughs> you can comment what you want. But to be honest, today, Yumbo Visma did it perfectly. There's nothing else they could have done, really, given the context on the road. Pogacar looked weak yesterday, and they wanted to capitalize on that weakness. It's 100% understandable that they rode the tourmalade to get rid of him, like they had done at the Otakam, like they had done uh, last year on the Galibier before the Ganon on stage 11, where they flipped the Tour de France then. Pogacar definitely did not look comfortable, and you would have thought he would have looked similarly uncomfortable today. He's aging into this race, so Yumba wanted to benefit from that. Kuss did a great job, Kelderman did a great Great job. Wow, Vernard did a brilliant job. Exactly where he should have been in the breakaway. That satellite rider position. I don't agree. I think chasing down the breakaway so that they would have the optimum amount of, of sort of Your time wrong. gap and space. It they shouldn't have been though. chasing. They shouldn't have been chasing both times. Why not? Why would you chase in the bunch if you're chasing the if you're pacing in the break? Like let the but peloton they... ease off. But that's not not that's not their goal. They wanted Wout to be up there nah. still once the race <laughs> nah. was, was over the tourmalade. No, one hundred percent. 
Let because us know in the that comments. That was the plan for yesterday, and right. it didn't work out. And that was going to be the plan for today, and it did work out. You're wow, wrong here, but job. it's fine. Yeah, wow. I'm not saying wow. I'm saying the team behind shouldn't have been chasing at that point. But uh, I mean, yeah, it didn't work out completely how it, it should have been for them. But I mean, you and in terms of U18 Emirates, are they going to be a bit worried with the team? Because we thought we were both saying in the preview that they probably had the strongest team. They hadn't had the same bad luck like last year. And Yates looked so strong early on as well. I mean, he still looks strong now. Don't get us wrong. But yeah, the Yumbo Vismic machine just looked a bit stronger. And it's a shame that Juan Ayuso and Brendan McNulty are sitting at home watching the race and not here instead. Yeah, the Yumbo Vismic train looked brilliant. Kelderman and Kuss, I mean, we spoke about Kelderman and Kuss, how that could be a lethal double act in our previews before the Tour de France. And it, it looked good today on the Tourmalet. It really ripped up the bunch. They dropped everybody else apart from Pogacar, Hindley included. I was worried that people were underestimating Hindley, but it really does seem to be a two-horse race at this point in the Tour de France. That said, I mean, I think UAE have more to give. Yumba Visma really had the advantage here that Pogacar was not looking good. They had all the clues there that Pogacar wasn't going to be great. And yesterday, they played it in a strange way. It worked out in the end with with, with the brute force of, of Vingo, who was on a, quote, super good day. But today, they played it perfectly, and they still couldn't get rid of Pogacar. It's a little bit worrying for what Jumbo Visma can do if there's more of a sort of conventional day in the mountains because they can't race every mountain day like this. They can't, especially once we get into the Alps later on with a, a couple of sort of banging stages back-to-back. -back, UAE might restore order. And with Felix Gorschartner, with Adam Yates, with Mark Soler, with Ad Rafa Maika, more order could be restored later into this race. Are Jumbo Visma burning themselves out at this point? And you make a good point with the burnout because Wild Venat has been very active this first week. So Also, yeah. we were talking about UAE burning themselves out a couple of days ago, but my Jumbo Visma had quite the day today also mentally in terms of knowing what's happened and the morale in the, in the team, knowing that they executed a brilliant plan today. It should have worked out. But in terms of, you mentioned Jai Hindley, the yellow jersey wearer, which is we were kind of after yesterday, could potentially he be the dark horse in terms of getting in between the Vingo and Gacha train, but doesn't look like it. However, as we predicted in Echelon, wherever we spoke about it, that third place is going to be so contested uh, Jai Hindley was leading a group that included Simon Yates as well. And uh, yeah, how do you see that third place going right now? Jai Hindley did look good if you take away the two top horses. Hindley still looked good. He follows Pogacar and Vingago for... Well, Hindley looked good today following Pogacar and Vingago for a brief period on the Tourmalet. And I still think he's going to finish in third place. If it's not him, Carlos Rodriguez looks really good. Enos Grenadiers looked quite unified towards the end. Egan Badanal even working on behalf of Carlos Rodriguez, which is interesting to see. I think Rodriguez, Hinley, they're the two guys to look out for. But Hinley's now got, got a head start really already. He's already gained a minute and a half on most of those guys. And he still won the battle for third place today after being in the breakaway all day yesterday, winning the stage, being in yellow, having his team control everything today, losing Conrad, who was tired. Buchmann, who was tired, still did a lot of work. I still think Hinley's in this one for third place. Bora Hansgrohe getting their first ever Tour de France uh, podium in the GC would still be a huge achievement. I mean, yeah, you touched on Ineos Grandis. What you said is kind of all we need to talk about about them. But Li Little Trek had a bad day. Chikona and Matthias Kjellmose Jensen both dropping way out of GC. What do they do for the rest of the tour here? 
Skelmoza has to hunt stages. It, it did seem difficult beforehand. Once he was at the Giro a couple of years back, he did not give anything in the GC fight. And why was that going to change here? Yes, he was on better form and he looked good over the first week, but he's not really a tested Grand Tour rider. It was a risky strategy going for him anyway. He now sits 21st in GC, eight minutes back. He's got to try and stage hunt. Maybe even go for that polka dot jersey. He's definitely strong enough to, to win a stage. Whether he can do that or not for the rest of the race, I don't quite know. Maybe try to go in breakaways and move back into top 10 once we get into that second and third week of racing. But it's very, very disappointing for Lidl Trek. Chicana similarly losing a lot of time today, uh, more than we ever would have expected for the Italian who began today in third place. He also didn't get any King of the Mountains points. Little track, huge losers all around today. As is, may I say, Mika Landa losing more time in the GC, just not looking good at all. Five minutes and 49 seconds back on Vingago in the GC. I don't think Landismo is alive. Neither is Ben O'Connor's GC hunt as well. Still outside top 10. I mean, the point to finish on, Uno X, they kind of bad headlines for San Barnshard's uh, accidental crash. It wasn't, well, it's just an accident. But in terms of, yeah, getting the top prize at the Calder Tourmalet and then a third place as well, not bad result for debutant team. Yeah, for them, it's a huge bonus because they hadn't got a top 10, po top 10 finish until this point. And... To be honest, I think it's a bit of a battle for them to really prove their worth so that they stay in the Tour de France as good books for next year. The pro-continental scene at the moment is very strong, very competitive, so they have to prove their worth. Otherwise, human-powered hell, a bolstered Tudor Pro Cycling, Q36.5, Aeolo Cometa, whoever could take that spot as well. Um, and... It, it was a good ride. I was skeptical about Johannesson, who was just losing time in the first week of racing, but in that breakaway today, definitely proved himself. But that wasn't the strongest mountain breakaway that we're going to see at this year's Tour de France. I don't think it's going to get much better than this. Yeah, maybe not. But uh, anyways, that's it for this recap race analysis of stage six. And make sure to hit the like button, comment down below as well. We'd like to hear what you say as well. Join the conversation. And of course, as always, we'll be doing our live streams over on the Cycling Dane main channel and check out the preview as well here on the Cycling Dane Extra channel. But until next time, thank you for watching and have a nice day.